Today's episode is brought to you by Captain Morgan, the official captain of Against All Odds. We're raising our glasses of Captain Morgan and Ginger to all of you captains out there. Whether you're a tugboat captain, captain of your intramural dodgeball team, or just live to have fun, you're all captains in our book. No matter how you choose to live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. And now, the Mighty Mighty Boston's. All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Sal here, producer Tate Frazier. Tate, what's going on, man? Not much. It's the World Series, but we're here. We're recording. I know. I we're feel, dedicated. I, I feel bad dragging you into this. Uh, we could have taped Tuesday night, and then I was like, ah, it's going to be over Tuesday night, so let's do it Wednesday. So now we're right thick, right in the middle of this uh, Game 7. It's, it seems... Uh, Seems like a, a com- it's baseball. We have a lot of time. It's a communist move. You're right. We have like three or four hours. So <laughs> we'll be okay. There's a lot going on. Tate, Tate, big week for you. Tate, Steph Curry tweeted at you. <sighs> yeah, that happened. Bill Simmons is uh, very, wow. very happy about that. What so. What happened? I I must have missed that one. What 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 did you say? There's actually not that many people out there in the world. So I know this might sound weird. That <laughs> care about the uh, the Carolina Panthers and the Charlotte Hornets and most things that deal with North Carolina. So. I'm one of those few people. Steph Curry obviously is one of those few people. And for whatever reason, Kindred Spirits came together and he decided to reach out to me on social media and ask what the hell Marty Herney's doing by trading our best receiver. Wow. And he and he uh, agreed with you, huh? Yeah, I think he was on the same side. But at the same time, Cam was great today. He was like, look, we, we have the team that we have. Um, I love Devin Funches, and we're going to make him our number one guy. Lots of trades. Lots of trades this week. Uh, Tate is acknowledged by Steph Curry. we got Game <laughs> 7 going on. There's so, so much going on. Let me introduce my buddies, my childhood friends, my wizards of wagering, the gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta here, Brother Bry, Parlay Kid, and Harry. What's up, guys? What's going on, Sal? What's up? going on, buddy? Well, Game 7, I'm sorry to take everyone away from Game 7, and it's, it's weird to not talk about it or talk about it while it's happening, and this is going to yeah. post uh, very late tonight. But, um, yeah, I, I caught Game 6. I was trick-or-treating with uh, my cousin Jimmy and his kids and my kids, and we're like, like maniacs sneaking our heads and trying to take get a glimpse of every single pitch uh, last night. And here we are in Game 7. What I want to talk about, there's a better – that picked all six games. I don't know if you guys heard about this. He kept doubling up. Yeah. And, you know, he would alternate teams. And however he did it, he went six out of six, had $14 million after game six. And you know who he took today? He passed. The Dodgers, the Dodgers, right? I thought he passed on it. Did he take the Dodgers? Oh, he did? Oh, he did? I thought he was taking the Dodgers. I could be wrong. I didn't, you, you might be right. I've been following right. R.J. Bell here. He's all over this. And uh, I think his, he had good sources that said the guy passed on it. And uh, what's the point of passing on Game 7 if you're going to bet millions and millions on the first six? Let me check this oh. here. Let me check this. This is crazy. Of course, like now we're going to find out. There's a, a smart better out there, though. Who was it at? What's that, Harry? I said that means there's a smart better actually out there. I guess so. I guess so. It's going to suck when we find out it's Floyd Mayweather, right? After all this. (laughs) um, Or it's Ken. Oh, it's Ken. Yeah, right. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, it could be Ken. (laughs) Harry's boss, Ken. Darren, the parlay kid, you have a weird parlay with the Dodgers on there, right? Who who, who do you have on there? Yeah. 
So I made this bet back in early August, right? I, it was like a twenty-two to one, twenty-two to one parlay, mm-hmm. where I have and correct me if I'm wrong. I had Mayweather to win by knockout, check. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have Altuve to win the MVP, AL MVP. That's most likely a check. Yeah, that's a uh, lock. Stanton to have the most home runs, mm-hmm. check. I have the Dodgers to win the World Series. You need that. Uh, that's up in the air right now. Right. But the one that's going to probably kill me anyway is I had Chris Sale as uh, Cy Young, who, out of all these, he was minus 480 at the time I put that bet in in early August. Mm-hmm. And uh, now probably Kluber's winning that, but I think he's still got a shot. But that parlay's probably done. And uh, that would have been fun. Parlay I've been <laughs> well, you're the parlay would have been, This would have been fun tonight. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe maybe it'll still fun. happen. Brother Bry, we have, we've had the Astros all over the place. I actually put in a bet, Bry, for, for Lenny Dykstra on the Astros. I might be the only person <laughs> in the country who owes Lenny Dykstra money after tonight. Isn't that something? That's <laughs> uh, great. I, you know, I, I, I bet the Astros to win the series, and then I just keep doubling up on the Astros in every game. Like, I am the worst hedger. I should have hedged last night right on the series, and then I just, what did I do? I took the Astros again last night. Yeah. So I'm surprised I didn't take the Astros again tonight, but I just uh, let it roll this time. It's impossible to figure these games. It's been some series. I love that game, too. I thought that was one of the best World Series games I've ever seen. Uh, people were crazy about the Sunday game. I don't know if uh, it was just bu- bugging me that I had to go watch uh, Ray Donovan and Curb Your Enthusiasm and Walking Dead, and I just couldn't get out of that game. But it did seem like one of our uh, slow pitch softball games, uh, Darren, back in the oh, back in the nineties. But um, but uh, yeah, so now game seven. I think the Astros are up two nothing. I'm losing. Of course, don't have a. Uh, yeah, it's still two, still two nothing. Is it two nothing? Yeah, one on one out with the Dodgers right now. Got a All man right. on second. All right, and uh, and then of course is Harry. Now Harry. I jumped on your Wake Forest plus three pick last week. We did the sharp tank. You all pitched me your uh, best bets for the week, and I, I jumped on yours. Thank you. That was a winner. Good job. Good job, Harry. Look, look, Tate, you know, like some people, you know, there are best bets, and then there are best bets. I mean, you could say you love the game, and you pull the game out, and you say, I won. I listen, I lived, I've worked in Vegas for 14 years. Everyone comes up, and everyone's got their stories of how they love this game, they love that game. But, but honestly, plus three, best bet of the week. And it, how how often does your best bet of the week, your best play, go from wire to wire? Wire to wire without sweating it for one second. Never had to worry. <laughs> 28-10 half Tate, and then they gave up a couple cheapies at the end, 42-32, but plus the three. They were just trying to tease All him. the way around. And, and John Walford, how much? like, uh, no one knew this guy, John Walford. I, called, I said, this guy's going to come out. He had six touchdowns, almost 500 yards. Sick. How much money did you win on that, Harry? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Hey, listen, Darren. We've talked about this. When this is more important, <laughs> this is more important than actually winning the money. I don't. I, just, I focus on these on the on the best bet, and that's it. Harry, I I, I work very hard. I'm trying to hard. help everybody out. I'm trying to help the listeners out. I'm trying to help our fans out. I know. You're right. You're right. I'm I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you too. Harry, but, can but, you tell can but, you tell the listeners how you choose like how much you're going to spend on a bet? Because I love when I get the text from you that you you bet a game up for thirty five dollars. <laughs> like how how do you choose that amount? Yeah, what is it with uh, those dumb the amount? Thirty five is a big number for you. You've used it a lot over the years. Uh. <laughs> You have no answer for that. I have an answer for that. All right, it's All right. halfway no between twenty and fifty. <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a hedge. There you go. See, yeah, that's right. 
true. Somehow Tate's the only right. one who can infiltrate Harry's uh, bizarre mind. But all right, I'm glad we got it. Look, we have a big show. We have a lot going on. We're going to go over those uh, best bets at the end of the uh, podcast here. Um, before that, we're going to go over Heisman Trophy odds. We're going to jump on the Captain Morgan make-believe Riverboat Casino, tackle a fake prop. We're going to hit some Bovada, weird week nine props. I'm also going to be talking to um, a bookie, an actual bookie. For 35 years, he was a bookie. His name is Vinny, and we're not using last names. That's his only, um, it's his only request that we don't uh, use last names. And that's it. And then that's going to be enough. Brother Brian, I'm, I'm seeing here you're right. He bet it all on the Dodgers tonight. Oh, no, wait. That was, that was yesterday's tweet. I'm sorry. That was game yeah, six. Yeah, I thought, I thought somebody told me about the Dodgers, but I could be wrong. Yeah. All right. I, I, it says, uh, confirmed by most trusted source. Yeah, this is two hours ago. The guy that won $14 million in the World Series is walking away with his winnings. Doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, but good for him. There was like yeah. a weird thing that went on at the South Point uh, Casino. They, people had gotten wind of that he was betting the Dodgers in game six. He walks into the casino. The line goes from Dodgers. Let me see. It goes from Dodgers minus, goes from Houston minus 115 to Dodgers minus 150 just because he walked into the casino. Harry, that's uh, unethical, right? You're not allowed to do that. The guy didn't even bet the, bet the game yet. That's insane. But, wow, what are you going to do? The, at the South Point, actually, they, uh, they allow a lot of stuff, so who knows? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Tate, Tate, can you uh, decode what he just said there? <laughs> I know you're good at this stuff. <laughs> All right. All right. Maybe let's, next time. Let's get going. Now, Bovada is good. Bovada.lv. They offer uh, – yeah, yeah. every week you have to say, all right, all the underdogs won. This week all the favorites won. The last two weeks the favorites have been winning at least outright, which is good for us. But we usually make a lot of money on teasers, but we've been, we've been gun-shy because of that one week we were all together and Atlanta lost to the Dolphins oh. and the Broncos lost to the Giants. It was a terrible week. But anyway, if you don't want to have to figure out who's going to win, who's going to cover – they have these fun props. Let's go through a few of them uh, quickly. Darren, the parlay kid. Alfred Morris, total rushing yards in week nine, over under 60 and a half. Bovada has it at. What do you like? Right, right. Well, Sal, listen, the Chiefs are surprisingly, they're like one of the worst teams against the rush yeah. in the NFL. They're the fourth worst team. I was surprised to find that out. The Cowboys are second in rushing yards, which is no surprise. I don't think the Cowboys are going to really deviate from what they usually do. I think they're going to run the ball when they want to run the ball. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, the biggest question right now is Morris versus McFadden. Mm -hmm. um, I just, do you have this feeling like McFadden could be starting on Sunday? I'm not really sure. I'm going to roll the dice and basically say that I think Morris is going to start. He's been the backup so far. I don't think teams are going to stack the box as much right now without Elliott in the backfield. I think they're going to make life more difficult on Prescott. Morris does have 105 yards on 13 carries this year, mm -hmm. uh, even though 70 of those came on uh, one rush. Week four against um, the Rams, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, But I'm banking on the fact that this guy's going to get 15 to 20 carries in this game. Best offensive line, or still one of the best offensive lines, against a poor rush defense that might be protecting the pass more than the rush. I think Morris is going to go over the 60 and a half yards. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, I, 16 and a half. I'm, I'm going to go over also. You know, he will, like you said, split time with McFadden. There'll probably be a little Rod Smith in there. But the Chiefs, 
almost five yards a carry. That puts you at 12 or 13 carries. It puts him over. Right. Uh, and I think he does get that. I think he gets 15 carries. I would go over with that. Brother Bry, your Raiders, big letdown. They let me down. They're one of my best bets. I had him going to Buffalo and at least covering three and a half. I stupidly bought a half point. Um, one of the problems is, and there are many, but one is that they have no interceptions through through eight weeks, zero interceptions. First, how is wow. this possible? And A, and B, as far as Bovada's prop goes, do you say yes, they will have an interception, minus 200, or no, at plus 150? Yeah, I don't know why. I don't actually know why those are the odds. Like, plus 150 for the no is really good, considering they have no interceptions through eight games. Yeah. I know they face Cut- they face Cutler this week, who has thrown uh, in six games, has five interceptions. I think he's thrown an interception in one interception in five of the games. Right. But I think the, the real answer to this is just that the Raiders' defense is absolutely terrible. I think Ray- Reggie McKenzie needs to really start taking some heat with this team. And Kate, on GM Street next time, can you talk about Reggie McKenzie? I think he got too much praise on this roster, but this defense is just awful. I mean, Connolly and Melisano have been injured the whole year. I mean, we're, we're still playing guys like Reggie Nelson and, and – and Sean Smith, these guys are just, they're ancient, they're terrible. Yeah, it gets uh, you know, the, the names it's are It's really but, bad yeah. at this point in time, and they've really blown the last two drafts. They haven't really gotten any production out of the last two drafts. I mean, Joseph's been okay for for them, but he's been hurt as well. So I think plus 150 is really good odds for this bet, because I, I don't see them getting another interception this week either. Mm. What yeah. were you going to say, Tate? No, I was going to say, I mean, Amerson is one of those guys, David Amerson, that could do something, but he's been hurt too. So, they, I mean... Yeah, he's he, he's limited practice again this week. He didn't play last week, so I, I don't know. What, I'm gonna what go. Gonna th- th- this is more of a the dealer has a sick showing, and I'm gonna. I don't like my hand, but I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Cutler bust here. Uh, like you said, five out of six games, he's thrown <laughs> right. an interception. I would say yes, minus two hundred. I just can't believe Khalil Mack hasn't uh, tipped a pass to himself yet, or Bruce Irvin, Navarro Bowman. You know, start right. He's is he playing a lot for this team? I don't even know what's going on. But yeah, he's actually playing. He's actually been playing. He's been one of their better players on defense, but that's the problem. If Mac doesn't, if Mac doesn't get to the quarterback, this team can't stop anybody. So. Right. All right. I'll go against you, brother. But I don't feel great about it. But I'm gonna say yes. They do. Uh, they <laughs> do nab their first interception at minus two hundred. Harry, you're a Giants fan. Admit it. You still are. Will <laughs> Will they allow a tight end to score a touchdown against them in Week Nine? That's a prop on Bovada. There's a note. The Giants have allowed a touchdown to a tight end for an NFL record. Eight consecutive wins. Witten, Ebron, Ertz, O.J. Howard, Henry, Graham on Seattle. Jeff Hoorman against the Denver, the game they they blew him out, and they even gave up a, a touchdown to a tight end. Do they keep it going? Yes is even. No is minus 140. You know what, again, with a situation like this, and this is the way the Giants have been, I don't love the no, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no at the minus 140. Uh, Eli has to figure out how to get first down to keep to win this bet. He's got to figure out how, to, just for the team in general, figure out how to get some first downs, keep the time of possession on their side, which has been terrible, and keep that defense off the field. To get, they're doing everything they can, but they're so tired by the end of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, for an example, uh, the Rams, however, all year have one touchdown by their tight ends and only have 22 receptions total by their tight ends. So, Using a lot of the receivers, and uh, and uh, Gurley's getting a lot of the touches, obviously as well. And just for example, Evan Ingram for the Giants, 
tight end. He's got 30 catches himself this year. And like I said, the Rams have 22. The Rams' offense has been dynamic. They've been putting up points. It's scary, especially with the Giants' uh, run game, which is still not good at all. Um, I still am going to go with a no, just based on that the Rams haven't been really utilizing their tight ends, and maybe the Giants can figure out a little bit of time possession situation. So I'm going to go with a no at minus 140. But again, that. Anything with the Giants, I don't love right now. Yeah, Tyler Higby. Gerald Everett is the one who has the touchdown. I think he had a touchdown right. against the Jaguars. I think Tyler Higby, 27 targets, no touchdowns. Everything's pointing to the no, which means I usually should go with the yes. But I, I think they, I think they bust it. I think they bust the record this week. I'll go no minus 140. Now something a little more mainstream: the Heisman Trophy odds. I was surprised that J.T. Barrett didn't leapfrog Saquon Barkley here this week. Wow, Barkley, not even close. Right, Bar- right. Barley kid, Darren, we talked about this, that we thought Barrett by a lot would be a favorite. Barkley minus 225, J.T. Wow. Barrett 4-1, to one. Bryce Love 6-1, to one. Baker Mayfield 8, Josh Adams, the uh, Notre Dame running back 10-1, to one. Mason Rudolph 31-1, Lamar Jackson, who I believe started the year as the top guy is 50 to 1, thanks to Harry's uh, Demon Deacons doing a number on him. But um, what do you guys think? Parlay Kibb, we'll start with you. Mm-hmm. Who's going to win this thing? Does JT Barrett have a shot? You know, so obviously, if we're talking about this two weeks ago, I wasn't high on Barrett. Uh, Brian, two weeks ago, kind of said, hey, guys, we should be looking at Barrett. He was like 12 to 1 or yeah, something like that. Yeah, 10 or 12 at that to time. 1. Maybe, maybe, right? And um, he had called that. Uh, I didn't really realize how good his stats were even at that time, only because I was still kind of going off that Oklahoma game, mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, he, he, you know, that was the one big game, didn't play well. But now he comes out and totally destroys Barkley this right. weekend, right? He, like, it wasn't even close. Barkley, t- Barkley, you know, so he's a running back, and I get it. He returns kicks, he catches passes, but his main thing is running the ball. Mm-hmm. And he only has three... Three games over 100 yards this year. Right. So to be at minus 225, I really don't get it, especially after Barrett had the game of his career, carried Ohio State to that victory, which was a huge victory for them. Uh, it totally outplayed him. Barrett's still sitting at 4-1. to one. I'm really miffed at that. Yeah. And you know, Sal, getting on, if I could just touch on, on Bryce Love, had Bryce Love played this past week against Oregon State, uh, I'd still say he would be your guy because he would be a guy that would be approaching 22, 2,300 yards at the end of the season. Don't count him out because Stanford's playing three ranked teams out of the last four games, and if he can put up good numbers and Stanford pulls off a few upsets, he could get it. But I heard he might not even play this weekend as well. And Harry knows I love this. I'm going to give you the, pre- the uh, Heisman winner for next year right now, oh. Khalil Tate on Arizona. This kid's fantastic. Khalil right, so Tate the Snake. You can move on from me. Wow. No, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I will say, yes. Bar- yes. Darren, I think you're right. In fact, Bryce Love, maybe not even playing, should have won the uh, should be considered for high, uh, as the Heisman favorite because they should have lost that game to Oregon State if not for a stupid fumble yes, at the end. Yeah, they should have. They, they, they would have right. dropped yep. that. He's at six to one. I like I like Barrett at four to one. Harry, what are you saying? Who's winning this Heisman? Boy, you know I. I mean, I, when I was looking at the stats, I just like I did a double take, and I and I had to make sure I was right. But yeah, Darren's right. Where Brian pointed out a couple weeks ago, J.T. Barrett has thirty touchdowns combined. Thirty. 
and right. one interception. Right. He's, he's got a 70% completion rate. He's got almost throw in 500 yards rushing. I mean, Barkley does have, I know Darren he hasn't had the 100 yards, but Barkley has 1,300 yards combined and 12 total touchdowns. And here's Penn State's schedule the rest of the way. They play East Lansing, uh, Michigan State at East Lansing this weekend, but after that he should be able to pad his stats with playing Rutgers, Nebraska, and Maryland. Right. But right. I think this week is huge when Ohio State plays at Iowa because I think it's going to really come down to, yeah. unfortunately, who gets to play in the Big 12 championship. And with Ohio State beating Penn State not having lost yet, you basically got to lean towards J.T. Barrett. But this week, Ohio State is at Iowa. And remember, earlier in the season, I think it was the second week of the season, Iowa beat Iowa State, who's leading the Big 12 right now. So Ohio State's got – at Iowa, they got Michigan State and Illinois at home, and then they're at Michigan. So I think it really boils down to this Iowa game because if they if they if they could, somehow Iowa can muster a win here like they did last year against Michigan late in the season when they were a dog, if they can pull that off, if Iowa can upset them, and now they're tied in the Big 12 uh, to go to the Big 12 championship, uh, and they still have to play at Michigan, and if they were to lose that game against Michigan and Penn State slips in. Maybe it's maybe it's Barclays, but at minus two twenty-five, it's really risky to 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 that when Barrett's stats are thirty right. touchdowns, one yeah. pick, and he's four to one. Okay, Harry uh, somehow yeah. managed to give the result of every single game that was played this year, <laughs> and as well as previewing the schedule for all upcoming games in that segment. No, I'm with you, and I think uh, he has like more more than fifty-seven yards rushing per game more than Mayfield and Rudolph he's third in passing touchdowns he has like 25 22 in the last six games with no interceptions he's going to be top 10 of all time in passing and rushing touchdowns but a lot does have to do with this this uh uh, game coming up against Iowa Bryant another Brian Brian Schoenertz actually did a friend of ours did jump on that JT Barrett at 12 to 1 brother Brian how do you see it is this Barrett's to win is he going to jump Barkley soon um, yeah, I don't. I don't love the Barkley minus two twenty five. I wouldn't touch that at all. You know how these things jump from week to week. Although he's definitely the most fun player to watch, that's for sure. So that's why he's getting all. This Brian, how many guys? How I many guys have been favored? Is it is it three? Is Barkley the third or the fourth? It was. It was. Yeah, we should look at that, right? Because it's changed Mayfield. pretty much like every other week, right? Was Mayfield? I think in Barkley it? was the favorite last week too. But, Lamar Jackson yeah. started for sure, I think. Right? Oh no, yeah, he was Mayfield. Mayfield. Oh wait, but was Darnold was it Darnold to start? I can't even remember now. Probably to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Darnold was plus three fifty to start. Right. So yeah, Brian, yeah he was. Brian, he was first. Brian, aren't you forgetting Luke Falk too? Oh God. No, no one's forgetting. Him. He's he's not even in these odds anymore. Harry. <laughs> no, you don't even find him in the top <laughs> I know. eight. So Brian, what do you think? You're, so you would say Barrett Barkley's too too uh, expensive at that price? Yeah, right? I would either jump on. I I mean, I like Barrett at four to one. I, like Harry said, he's got he can put up uh, some big games against Iowa, Michigan State, and Michigan. That's going to help. But I, I do actually like Mayfield though at eight to one. I mean, if he has a huge game this week and they beat Oklahoma State, they also then play TCU next, and then uh, they also have West Virginia. So his Mayfield's numbers are actually really comparable to Barrett. Um, I think he's he's got about 500 more yards passing and about 200 yards less rushing. But mm-hmm. I think he's got 23 touchdowns to 25. But I think Mayfield, especially since he has the head-to-head over Barrett too, I think. I mean, normally I would go with Barrett, but I think at eight to one, I think I like eight Mayfield at eight to one better than Barrett oh. at this time. And I know, and I know we're not talking about him either. I know you guys love Bryce Love, but 
I know Tate's talked about him, I think, with Lombardi, but Josh Adams, too, I think his stats are pretty comparable to Love in that he averages like 10 or 11 yards a carry, which, yeah. is, which is nuts for that uh, for their schedule. Tate, that they've Tate what's the best value? Of this, uh, this I group? love Adams. I, I haven't seen anyone like that. I mean, the guy, he's had what, like a run over, I think there's some stat he's had like a run over 70 yards in every game or something like that. or huh. It's something crazy. I mean, he runs over people. It looks like Eddie Lacy, Trent Richardson, Alabama-type guys that were just unstoppable. Those guys suck in the pros, that, though. Well, in the pros, good, yeah. I'm talking, yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, the pros are different. In college football, the, those guys just ran over. You took me back. It's been many years since Eddie Lacy and, uh, and Trent Richardson have been spoken about <laughs> that's so That's college fa- football so talk. Favorably. You know, it's like Tim Tebow. People still love how great he was in college. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Well, we're done with that. Let's talk Winview for a second. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, chances are your sports IQ is higher than average. So why not put your skills to work and make some money doing what you love? WinView Games is a free app that lets you make live football and basketball props while you watch the game on TV. That means you can cash in on props like, will Dallas score a touchdown this drive? The answer is yes. Or will the next play gain five or more yards? Just install it on your mobile device and start predicting plays. It's that easy. There are no drafts. There's no research. Just live props, intense competition against other fans, and cash payouts every quarter. So when your fantasy lineup locks, it's time to load the only app that lets you win money watching sports on tv go to winviewgames.com slash sal that's my name and start winning cash today winviewgames.com slash sal all right that brings us to our sponsored segment captain morgan's make-believe riverboat casino each week the degenerate trifecta and i set sail tackling make-believe gambling propositions related to sports and pop culture events last week our captain morgan prop uh, it should turn out close as of as of this afternoon Wednesday afternoon, Magic Johnson exclamation points versus Trubisky completions. And congratulations, Tate. Trubisky put up a respectable 14 uh, completions. Magic Johnson, nine exclamation points. But if the Dodgers win, it's going to forget it. The, 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 it's broken. The dam has been broken, and that's going uh, to be a whitewash. But this week, Captain Morgan's make-believe Riverboat Casino presents how many pitchers will be used in Game 7 versus Ben Simmons' triple doubles in the 2017-2018 season. Ben Simmons now minus 300 to win the Rookie of the Year. Pretty pretty hefty this early on. Uh, He has one double-double through seven games. I'll let you guys decide. Harry, what do you think? Number of pitchers in Game 7 or Ben Simmons' triple doubles? You know, it's a tough one. It really is, considering how uh, I've, I've did the totals on pitchers in these games, and they're averaging through six games. There's been 60 total pitchers in six games, yep. averaging 10 pitchers a game. So, and, I, and, they, and they all, everyone on TV and always uses the term now, all hands on deck. Everybody is in. Everybody has a chance of pitching. Uh, Keuchel could be in there. Kershaw could be in there. So we'll see how that goes, but still, Simmons has been through seven games. He's hitting 54% of his shots. Like you said, he's got one triple-double, but he's got numerous double-doubles, and he's been very close with triple-doubles, two in every game. I think he's averaging 18, 9, and 8. I think for the whole season, compared, even if, if the pitchers, uh, you know, if, if we get eight pitchers tonight, I still think i got to go with Simmons and triple-doubles because he's so close. It, it, looking at, after these seven games, He's so close every night with everything. Right. I'm going to go with Simmons. All right, Brother Bry, 
Which way are you going? Uh, I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to figure out why Harry mentioned 54 percent of shots. How, how that helps this profit. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Tate, you're in his head. Tate, I, I, you I, figure it out. Why, I, I, why would he mention he's that? Not getting a, he, he's not getting a triple double if he's shooting 18 percent from the field. Uh, right, the numbers get, bear out. Some points a right. game. We'll figure it out. All right. <laughs> All right he gets free throws. But uh, I, I like the amount of pitchers in this game. I think you're going to probably see upwards of 12, similar to what Harry was saying. I think McCullers is starting, but you're going to see, I'm sure you're going to see Morton, Peacock, Keichel, Davinsky, Harris. Those are six Astros pitchers. And then you're going to see probably at least another six for, for the Dodgers. And you're definitely going to see Kershaw. I mean, besides Darvish, Jansen, Morrow, Maida, and Watson, probably. So I think you're going to get at least 12 there. And then I, I did look up, I think in the last 30 so 30 or so years, I think Jason Kidd had the most triple-doubles as a rookie at four. So I don't right. think you can, you can expect for Simmons to have more than uh, like six or seven for the year. That would be a lot. Uh, that's right. asking a lot of him. So I think this one's pretty easy, I think, in that uh, you're definitely going to get a ton of pitchers tonight. Darren, the parlay kid, you agree with your brother? Yeah, I agree with Brian. So, you know, uh, as Harry did uh, point out correctly, there's been 60 pitchers used in the first uh, uh, games, uh, six games so far, about 10 a game. Last year, game seven, 10 pitchers were used. Yeah. It seems to be uh, a common denominator here. Uh, this game seven is, you know, probably going to be a barn burner. We'd be watching it right now, but Harry couldn't get to a phone uh, <laughs> earlier. So thanks, Harry. It was very nice of you. Um uh. And so, yeah, I, I like I like the pitchers, Sal. And Sal, by the way, in June after the NBA draft, at four to one, I told the people to jump on Simmons as rookie. Of the you year. did all uh, right. So that looked like a that, yes, I did. That looks like a good bet right now. Um, he does have one triple double to date. Am I correct? So that's right. That's putting him on pace mm-hmm. for eleven or twelve this year. But listen, this kid did not play basketball last year. He's going to wear down a little bit of the se- as the season goes on. Um, I think, as Brian said, I think you're going to see this kid notch about four or five, possibly six triple doubles this year. This game's going to be using at least eight to ten pitchers. I got to go with the pitchers used in Game Seven uh, quite uh, quite easily. Right Tate, now. Tate, I haven't even looked at you. I suspect that you're going to disagree with Brother Brian, the parlay kid. I mean, that Jason Kidd stats pretty much says it all. I don't see him being that outlandish. I could also right. see it'll be it could be a weird season because now they're all gunning for triple doubles because of Russ. So it's a little different than it used to be. Right. Good point. All right, you guys get you gave all the stats that are necessary. There were nine pitchers used in Game 6. There's uh, 10 last year, Game 7. 2014 Giants-Royals Game 7, they used seven. But I think that was an, an anomaly. I, I, don't, I don't think that happens a lot. As far as Simmons is concerned, yeah, he's on pace for 10, 11, 12 double-doubles, uh, triple-doubles. He has four double-doubles. Let's not forget the, the main factor here. He's a 76er, and he's probably going to get hurt. So let's take right. that into consideration, and I'm going to go more pitchers than Ben Simmons' triple-doubles. And that's another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly Captain's orders. All right. Let's Sal five zero Astros. Is it five nothing? Yep. Wow. Who hit the three does the three run homer? Springer just hit a two run homer. So Springer's the MVP. He's the MVP. He's the MVP for sure. Yeah. Even though Simmons said nobody had heard of him uh, on Monday. Uh 
Maybe maybe the voters will uh, take if note. If you've watched the games, he has been a nightmare. Every single time he comes up, I feel like he's going to hit a cheap home run. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And in that leadoff spot, it's ridiculous to have a hitter like that. All now, right. when we talked yeah. about uh, baseball MVP odds, like I think in the middle of the summer, you, you said Springer. I did? Or like the regular season. Oh, my yeah. God. Tate, Tate, if you were a good producer, you would have you would have <laughs> dug that up, and you would've st- we would have played that right before uh, one I know. of these ads. Totally right. <laughs> my goodness. Thank you, brother. You, saw, you saw that Sports Illustrated, you know, they they have Springer on the cover from like three years ago saying you're 2017 World Series champion. Wow. Did you guys see that on. last night? They, no. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. Well, all right. Now, Sports Illustrated, they, they wrote an article saying they would they would win it by 2017. So now you're going to see was on the cover. You're going to see three Dodger pitchers here. So they're in in about uh, in the next 20 minutes. So um, that'll that's true. That'll head to that toll. All right. Let's talk. Let's talk Sharp Tank here. Uh, this is where we 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 take a page from the popular ABC reality show um, Shark Tank, where people pitch their inventions to gazillionaires. And the gazillionaires, in this case, it's me. I'm going to buy one of your bets. The degenerate trifecta is going to pitch a bet to me. Uh, last week, I went with Harry. Harry, I can't, uh, I can't thank you enough. We had Wake Forest plus three. That was a winner. You've done well with these underdogs. You had Washington State over USC. That was a winner. Let's start with you. Who are you bouncing back okay. with? Well, my best bet this week is West. Virginia minus two and a half at home for at home versus Iowa State. Now I know Iowa State is darling of college football right now, and and I know they won at Oklahoma and just beat TCU. And I'll get to that game in a second when they beat uh, TCU. But uh, West Virginia is also coming off a 50-39 loss at home versus Oklahoma State. But things can change very quickly in college football. And first, let's start with history. Last year. West Virginia, point number one. West Virginia won at Iowa State by 30. Point number two, two years ago, the Mountaineers beat the Cyclones by 24. And since joining the Big 12 in 2012, West Virginia has lost to Iowa State one time, and that game was in overtime. West Virginia possesses maybe the best receiver in college football. <laughs> Junior wideout David Sills the fifth has... 750 yards receiving, but leads the nation in touchdowns with 15. He had an off game last week, too, which I actually like in the lost Oklahoma State, where he had no touchdowns and only 44 yards. I look for him to have a major bounce-back game against the Cyclones. Now, I also think sometimes teams let down a lot, especially when you're a not-such-a-big-name team like Iowa State. So with them beating TCU last week in a defensive struggle, now going on the road at West Virginia and only getting two and a half, that's why I really like West Virginia in this spot. A letdown for Iowa State. They have three common opponents, both teams, and they both blew out Kansas and they both beat Texas Tech. But Iowa State, like I said, is coming up a seven-point win against TCU at home, and West Virginia lost by seven at TCU. So in that, with that being said right there, people would mostly take Iowa State. Oh, Iowa State's going to beat them. No. All right. All right. All right. We get it. We get it. West Virginia at home. Okay. All right. (laughs) That is a perfect Harry bet right there. That is. You like the letdown team, uh, the home team, a a suspiciously low spread. 
I would might think that's suspiciously low on the West Virginia side, but we'll I'll, we'll revisit that in a second. Right, uh, Parlay Kid, what's your best bet? All right, been a little I'm cold. Struggling with this. little cold lately. I'm uh, cold, a little? freezing cold. <laughs> a little, <laughs> very cold, Sal. Um, You're like a Swigo, uh, New York in the uh, third week in January right now. Not a lot of Wi-Fi. It's there. that cold. Not I a lot of Wi-Fi. That, right. I'm that cold. <laughs> Okay. I'm that cold, actually, <laughs> and, and I'm banking on the NFL being good to me this week. All right. Just uh, with the three-team tees, so I like the Eagles. Uh, they're they're minus nine, but you put them on a three-team tees, they're getting a point. Uh, it appears that Brock Osweiler will be starting for mm-hmm. the uh, Denver Broncos this right. week. Is that correct? Yep. And this is a guy that couldn't even play for the Cleveland Browns, uh, right? The mm-hmm. worst team in possible NFL history. <laughs> he couldn't even play for them. And what a debacle, South. What a debacle the Browns are. I know. That whole McCarron thing. <laughs> wow. And people are starting to realize everything I've been saying since August. Right now all the articles about Sushi Brown. They're actually <laughs> calling him Sushi Brown in most of these articles now. It's unbelievable. Uh, but people I, you have to that. hand it to Darren, the parlay kid, for somehow being able to trash the Browns, and even though they're not involved in his parlay at all. But I love, I love the determination. He fits Sushi Brown in every week somehow. Yeah, he does. To. He does. I'm right. doing it for the Browns fans. I'm not a Brown. <laughs> Listen, this is for the Browns fans. These people, they're diehard fans, and they got to go through that crap. Right. That's totally unnecessary what they have to go through. I hope we have some Browns fans listening because – they, I think they'd be 100% on board. With I think that. we, we, I think we used week. to. We used to have Browns fans, but then Harry shit on Cleveland and their elect, electrical. And, their, and, and so what? now they're all gone. So I don't know. So this falls that's, on deaf ears, that's unfortunately. That's very possible. All right. that's as long as we still have our listeners from New Zealand, that's all that matters. We still have them. <laughs> we do. All right, who's team number two? So, there? So I, I, the, yeah, the Eagles, the Eagles look great right now. I, mm-hmm. I still say, or, you know, we're going to get back to the Cowboys soon, but the Eagles getting a point. Uh, I like Seattle's the second team on the three-team tees. All right, they'll be getting three points from the Redskins. So, that Red, did you see this Redskins offensive line the other night? They're just losing player yeah. after player after player on this offensive line. Kirk Cousins just seems dismayed. And, and to be honest, look at the receivers. I mean, what's happened to Pryor, yeah. Crowder? These guys are non-existent on the football field. Reed, as the tight end, comes off the field every other play. Yep. Uh, they're legit injuries, but he, he's really a non-factor. If you, if you were to take Chris Thompson off that offense right now, they would have nothing on that offense. Seattle getting three on, on this teaser. I like them. Wilson has Wilson uh, really elevated himself to an MVP candidate right now. Mm-hmm. That receiving core all of a sudden looks really good. Yeah, uh, in Seattle, I'm hoping to pick up Richardson on the waiver wire this week. And uh, spend a lot of money football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, and the third team, Sal. Right now, the Cowboys are even, getting ten. The Cowboys against the Chiefs, with or without Elliott, this game promises to be close. Um, Cowboys home. Uh, you know, I think their offense is still going to put up. What what are they going to put up? Minimum twenty four points. Yeah. which means the Chiefs would have to go 34 or above. I really like the Cowboys getting the 10 points on a three-team tease. This is my week. I'm back. All right. That's my three-team tease. I like it. I do like it. I'm, I'm, I'll look to poke some holes in it in a second. All right, uh, Brother Bry, what's yours? 
Yeah, I, I like Darren's too, but again, Darren's a little down on himself this week, so I don't know how confident <laughs> I feel he is pretty in, good. That, in that pick. But, <laughs> Hopefully uh, we don't see Switzer take a, a, a knee on the 15-yard line like we did last week either, Brian. Yeah, Tate, what goes <laughs> on there? That's your boy. playing football. <laughs> That's just, your... just, he's not quite there yet, guys. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping he'll <laughs> figure it out. I could have sworn Tate put on a cowboy uniform and was returning kicks. <laughs> that. that was ridiculous. I'm a little taller than that. Tate has a lot of uh, jerseys, but not, not a cowboy jersey amongst them. A lot of weird jerseys. <laughs> Our brother Bright. I got a Jesse right, I'm Holly gonna, jersey. I'm, I'm st- I'm, <laughs> even though I got uh, the North Carolina State game wrong last week, I'm, I'm going to stick with uh, a four-team college parlay, and this is going to pay about 11-ish to one. I think Whoa. it's like wow. 11, 13. It's pretty high. It's a little, it's a little nuts. Parlay kid parlay. I, I like it, yes. It's definitely a parlay kid parlay. But uh, the first game, I like Oklahoma uh, getting three, minus 115 at Oklahoma State. You know, uh, Oklahoma's 12-2 and two in the last 14 meetings between these two teams. I think they're 5-1 and one against the spread in the last six against Oklahoma State. And they're, and also the road team's now 4-1 uh, and one against the spread in the last five. So I I just don't necessarily trust Oklahoma State in a big game here against Oklahoma. I, I, I don't always trust Oklahoma, too, but mm-hmm. I think against Oklahoma State, that's a, that seems to be a given. So I like them in that game. Uh, the next one is I like Iowa getting 17.5 at minus 105 at home against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Iowa is fourteen and five as a double digit underdog, and like, well, well, there's no way they're going to win this game. I I like the pace of play for Iowa in terms of keeping these games close. Uh, yeah. You know, you saw what they did at home against Penn State. Um, you know, they had a close game against at Michigan State as well. But I think I think they'll keep this relatively close. They're not going to score a ton, but you could look for this for a lower scoring game. I could see this being like a twenty-eight fourteen or 28-17 type game. Uh, the third game on this is Virginia Tech minus 135 at Miami. We've been saying for the last few weeks that Miami is severely overrated, right? We kind of just keep going back and forth that yeah. we hate this team. I mean, they they didn't look that great against Georgia Tech, Florida State. UNC was almost was a disaster terrible. last week for, for you, right? Fumbled at midfield. That was week. almost real, really bad. I, I, I was starting to blame Tate for it, as I do all uh, – <laughs> North Carolina atrocities, but uh, I thought it was Mason Veal. <laughs> was was it Mason Veal? Was that <laughs> I thought a, he had something to do with it. That was that that fumble. He, he jump on it somehow. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but yeah. All right, so I, I like know, Virginia but, Tech. Yeah, but Miami's zero three against the spread in the last three, and I think Virginia Tech's nine and three against the spread in the last twelve. I, hmm. I, Virginia Tech's a good defensive team, and I think you know uh, they score some pro- points early and keep this. Uh, keep this in range for maybe like a ten seven to ten point win. I like them in that, and then the last one which normally I wouldn't do. I wouldn't normally go against uh, Michigan because I am a fan of them, but I like Minnesota getting 15-and-a-half at Michigan. Uh, so one good stat I saw is Minnesota's 15-and-2 against the spread as an underdog of more than seven points, and mm. in this one they're getting 15-and-a-half. They've, they've kept the games close um, against Iowa and also Michigan State. So, And I, I don't really know if I trust this new kid, Brandon Peters, who's the quarterback of Michigan. So... I like that 15-and-a-half. I could see Michigan winning again this one by, like, 7 to 10 points. So, so again, my four are Oklahoma plus three at Oklahoma State, uh, Iowa getting 17-and-a-half at home against Ohio State, uh, Virginia Tech on the road minus 135 at Miami, and then Minnesota getting 15-and-a-half at Michigan. And like I said, that's, that's roughly 11 to one Wow. Out. Harry, you still paying attention? <laughs> what? What's wrong with Brian, Brother Bryce Parlay? What don't you like about it? 
maybe <laughs> Oklahoma, but I like his reasonings on the other. I think Iowa, that's too many points for Iowa. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Like Let I me said, look at remember, they, they beat Iowa State, so 17 and a half is a nice chunk. There's oh, a lot. I like it, Harry, playing maybe good Oklahoma, cop. Oklahoma State game, though. Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's not what I expected from Harry. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll tell you, there's a lot I like about all three of these. Harry went West Virginia, minus two and a half over uh, Iowa State, West Virginia's home. Parley Kid went Eagles, plus one. Seattle, plus three. Cowboys, plus ten. Three-team teaser. Brother Bry, Oklahoma, plus three. Iowa, plus 17 and a half. Virginia Tech, minus 135. Minnesota, plus 15 and a half. Pays 11 to one. Uh, Harry, I, you, this is a typical Harry game, and yet, it, yet it's not. The, the, the thing that scares me is... You say West Virginia won by 30 last year, won by 24 two years ago, or maybe I screwed them up, maybe I mixed them up. Right. Oh, that's it. You have to think Iowa State, even though coming off a big win, was going to play with some pride there. Eventually they don't like getting killed, and, and, and if they're within a field goal, that means they're probably an even match for West Virginia and, and, and have a little uh, a little push in their step. I don't know. All right, so there's that. But, well, I know, but. Go ahead. West Virginia's t- schedule is very tough down the stretch too, so they need this win to get make sure they get the six wins. Too. Okay, Harry. Uh, normally, you take Iowa State in that game. Yeah, that's, that's I was thinking. I was thinking. Uh, I, was, I was looking at it. It the, goes the, both ways for Harry the, with the this. New, the new kids on the block. I don't know. New kids on the block. I don't know. The Daughtry, you know, new After kids on the block. You know. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll be, I'll be running. I'll be running the new kids on the block later tonight. By the way. Good. Come on. Don't don't distract me here. Uh, I don't want that visual in my head. All right. Uh, Darren Farley kid. Denver. This is Denver's third road game in a row. Isn't that right? Or am That's I not correct. right? Did they? Or, or oh wait. Oh, did they play the Giants and then get a bye? I don't, it's at least their second, right? I don't yeah, know. they might have a bye the in there. Yeah, they Giants, had a bye. The Giant game. They were home. They for were it. home and then they had a bye and then two two games in a row. Yeah. Uh, That's right. They're off a short week. Kansas City, obviously, also off a short week. Dallas would be getting 10. uh, And Washington, like you said, that offensive – I said earlier in the week, Seattle's finally going up against an offensive line that's worse off than theirs. I like those three. I do like them. Brian, I will say – I kind of like all four of your picks. Uh, The 11-1 is risky – I like to win these bets. It's, a, it's not enough that there's value in them, but I'm still going to go with yours. I'm going with Brother Bry's parlay. Oklahoma plus three, Iowa plus 17.5, Virginia Tech minus 135, and Minnesota plus 15.5. And, and which one's the night game there, Bry? Is there more than one? Uh, we'll figure it out. Whatever the latest game is there, bet the other side <laughs> right now. Virginia Tech Miami is a is a 8 p.m. Uh, what was it? Yeah, 8 p.m. Eastern uh, start. So, yeah, hedge. No, Iowa, Iowa, Ohio State's 3.30. I that's know a, that. Okay, so that's, that's – Oklahoma's like a 3.30 or 4. I, I'm just saying we're going to hit our first three, and then we're going to have uh, Virginia Tech stare at us in the face and something stupid's going to happen. <laughs> but, Minnesota, uh, Minnesota, Michigan is a 7.30 game. 7:30, okay. Yeah. All right, so yeah, there's a couple so. overlap. All right, you guys, you did a great job. I am going with Brother Bry's parlay. Pays 11-1, Oklahoma plus nice. three. All right. Iowa plus 17 at Virginia Tech minus 135. Minnesota plus 15 and a half. Tweet me at the Cousin Sal. Brother Bry, you can find him at BSZOK816. The Parlay Kid is at the Chalk Talker. And Harry will be uh, running momentarily to uh, New Kids on the Block. You could catch him in the streets of Paradise Valley, Valley uh, Arizona. Is that right, Harry? <laughs> That's perfect.
pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Don't check. The, I would check the pool of the basketball court first, though. Oh, check them both. Yeah. He's very versatile. Yeah. He can do it all. All right. And uh, that's going to do it. Don't go anywhere, though. Very, very special interview with a very special guest coming up. Vinny, the bookie from Brooklyn for 35 years. Nice. Hang around. All right, my bookie. Believe it or not, the holidays are just around the corner. That means plenty of parties, gifts, and spending. But it also means there's lots of football, basketball, and hockey games you could score big on every day. And my bookie is the place to score serious cash on your sports predictions. It's your hookup for all your betting needs and offers super fast payouts when you win. Play like the pros on game day with money line, side, or total. They have odds on every matchup and a mobile site that makes wagering on your smartphone a breeze. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Use the promo code SAL, S-A-L, to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get P-A-I-D paid. Welcome back to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. You know, I've had a lot of tough guys on this show. I've had George Foreman, I've had Nate Diaz, Oscar De La Hoya. They don't come as tough or as sweet as my next guest, calling in from Brooklyn, a guy who was a real-life bookie for 35 years before hanging it up a couple of seasons ago. Vinny from Brooklyn. What's happening, Vinny? Hey, Sal. How's it going? <laughs> I'm doing well. Yourself? Oh, everything's great. I'm, I'm really happy to have Good. you on. Vinny, um, I, I asked him. You know, I met Vinny at a party in Brooklyn when Jimmy Kimmel Live did shows from Brooklyn a couple of weeks ago. We did a week of shows there, and I met Vinny at a party, and I, I talked to him, and he was nothing short of delightful. We, we spoke for about a half hour, and I, I felt it wasn't nearly enough. Thank you for coming on. Vinny requested that we don't use last names, right? You got it. Okay. I think that's a good rule. Yes, please. J- just a good rule in general, I think. Uh, tonight. That's Here's a like... good rule in general. Always a good rule. <laughs> Let me ask you, Vinny, how did you get started in this business? Do they have a, a, a Bookie 101 course at Brooklyn College? Probably not, right? Uh, <laughs> no, nah, you learn in the street. All the street smarts and common sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father, my father started as a bookie back in the fifties, and he passed on uh, early in the eighties. And he was with a bunch of guys. He had a bank behind him, and after he passed away, these guys came and uh, made me uh, made me an offer that I couldn't refuse. But what was your regular job, Vinny? You had a, you didn't you didn't just uh... well, I worked. Uh, I worked for an educational company that distributed the educational materials in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And I was with them for many, many years also, as my father was a baker, as oh. well as a bookmaker. A booker and a, so a baker and a bookmaker. I feel, I feel like this is exactly. a child's rhyme. Wow. wow. That's it, a baker and a bookmaker. So uh, he would come home and... You know, back then it was all done over the telephone, so you had to open the office by 6 o'clock. Right. We only stayed open two hours a night. Uh-huh. So I had a job which was in my neighborhood, which was worked fine with the bookmaking. So I would go to work during the day and run home by 6 o'clock and work two hours a night on the phones. And did you say educational material? So you were like a book a bookseller and a bookmaker? Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 educational <laughs> books. I see. Educational books. That was really my. It was educational books, Al. Right. Everything's an education. So, yeah. That's right. I that's love it. Right. 
And so how did you keep track? As you said, what your dad used to write stuff down, and then you just – did you do it the same way? You would People would call in, you'd write down – let, let me guess, it was like five times is $25, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, five times, yes. Twenty-seven fifty. Got to pay the vig. If they now. pay the vig, I got you. Got to pay the juice. Right. I'm with you. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm with you. And then so, all right. So you'd write it down, and uh, and you would throw this stuff away, or you would keep it. No, I would keep it. Definitely keep it. I would keep it, and I also taped my calls. You did really interesting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And did you have? I taped my calls. Why would you tape the calls? Well, you know, five times is nothing. You're talking about $27. Right. You know, but when you had these guys come in looking to bet nickels and dimes, you're talking about uh, five fifty and $1,100. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's very easy to make a mistake, especially when you're busy. Yeah, sure. Of course. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and you would pay it when there was a discrepancy? You'd play these recordings back uh, to oh, the people? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well now everything's over and email once, or text. On a Monday night, uh-huh. on a Monday night, we would straighten out our figures, uh-huh. and as long as we agreed, I would erase the tapes and shred the work. I got it. I got it. Did you have any wise guys going through you? Again, we don't have to mention names, but it must have been, you know, uh, Brooklyn in the seventies and eighties. Not, yeah, not too many wise guys. Everybody was a wise guy. Everybody thought they knew. Right. You know. You know, everybody thought they knew uh, who was going to win and they were going to hit you and they were going to bury you and this and oh, that. Yeah. But really, I never had any, any major problems. I mean, uh, all my players all came highly recommended to me. <laughs> uh, most of them were all businessmen, a lot of uh, a lot of stockbrokers, bondbrokers, uh, you know, a lot of business people. Right. And people you- that, you know, bet smart. And you would basically record this so that you had you had uh, you know you had some kind of uh, records for your tax because you wanted to pay taxes on all these winnings, right? Oh, definitely. <laughs> oh my, of course. Yeah, I see. Yeah, that was the first thing that went on my tax return. Right. I'm sure, like the wise guy, if there were any wise guys, they probably didn't appreciate the recordings too much, though, right? If they, if they had known well, about I it. I never used. I mean, um, you had code names. The only wise guys that we would have. Mm-hmm. Were guys that shopped around for line. I you see. know the way it works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you had to keep up on the lines and make sure you changed the line uh, before they hit you. Right. So I had a guy. College football. Oh, of course. Those numbers fly all over the place. I had a guy oh, in, yeah. in New York, and when early on, I'm talking 30 years ago, he would use the, um, he would use the daily news lines. And those things mm-hmm. never moved. But then, but you're right. That was for five time, ten time bets. It didn't matter if he got That's right. if he got beat here or then. But when 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 they would have the bigger numbers, what would you do? Would you use a pager? Would you where would you get your lines from? We had I had an office behind me that was really good, and they were really big, mm-hmm. and they would be taking in action from all these different offices, smaller offices, and they would see what was moving. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they saw something coming in, they would call us right away and say, "Hey, you know, move this line, move that line." Right. And uh, most of our lines came out of Vegas, and then they came with the beepers. I don't know if you remember those. Of the course, pages. I held on to a page. Prob- 
longer than I probably should have. But the internet was around for a long time, and I still held on to that dumb pager, which was, I think, $400 a year or like uh, $30 yeah, a month or yeah, something. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. I remember it. You used to live with the pager. Right, right. You'd hit it, and it would light yeah. up. Yeah, it was such a different time. Yeah. Such a different time. How would you collect? Would you? It was an all-cash bid. There was no Venmo or PayPal back in your day, right? There was no. It was all-cash business. Uh, and I would usually straighten out on Thursdays or Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, I had a lot of people, a lot of these guys that were brokers, and they they all had the money, uh-huh. but they really didn't have the cash. Right. So believe it or not, they did a lot of check business. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And back in the day... Um, I actually worked with uh, a bank teller, a head teller, in one of the banks in downtown Brooklyn, and I would bring him the checks, Mm -hmm. and I would bring them into him, and he would cash them for me without me putting my account number name on the back, Mm -hmm. and he would hold them against uh, the company I worked for, because I did a lot of the banking business. Wow. The company that I worked for. Yeah. And then so, what would you you give that guy a free parlay here and there or what would you Well no, he wasn't a gambler. I would take him out for dinner, I would you know, take him drinking, Christmas mm-hmm. time came, I always threw him something. That's Tellers nice. didn't make much money back then. Right, right. When you right. threw this guy a hundred dollar bill, he'd jump over the counter and kiss you. <laughs> so as good. long as as long as the uh the check cleared, that was fine couple of checks bounced, and then would call me up. They didn't get down here with the cash. I got a bad check for you. Mm-hmm. And I'd go down there and give him the cash, and he'd give me back the check before it hit any kind of account. So when a bad check would come in, then you have to then you have to recollect from somebody. And it, uh, it, then it, I'd have to recollect, of course. It couldn't have been pleasant sometimes, right? Eh, listen. <laughs> listen, my theory in life, Sal, was if you make a mailman lose five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, deserve to get screwed. Oh, really? Yeah. That's my theory in life. You can't, you can't get what people don't have. Right. Right. So, I see. If I was stupid enough to know a guy was uh, a mailman or a garbage man or a clerk, a bank clerk, whatever, married, had kids, and I let this guy lose thousands of dollars, I deserve to be screwed. Right, right. So, yeah, after 30 years, you learn uh, who you're going to be able to collect from and how much and exactly when it's going to come. There, there are very few surprises you see in, in the third decade of doing this, right? Exactly. And I always had two sheets of paper. Mm-hmm. One sheet of paper I knew who was going to pay me, mm-hmm. and the other sheet of paper I knew, hey, listen, whatever I get, I get out of them. Right. Found money. All it is is paper and ink. Yeah. You're right. Well, let's talk about the psychology of this because I feel like we're getting into this a little bit. But so, go ahead. Yeah, no. You, so, you you said you would collect every week from these brokers, and that probably was good for the mailman kind of guy who you needed to keep. You know, you had to keep at a certain number because you didn't know how much he had, or you kind of did know how much he had, but you didn't right, want you didn't right. want to find out the hard way that he didn't have it. But some of these brokers didn't it didn't it make sense to you? Like a guy I used to go through. We would have, we would have a limit. We would have a limit, or we would go after six months, whatever we are. That's what you pay. Um, 
Did you feel like, don't you feel like if you would have let, if like a guy's down like $3,000 rather than make him pay, don't you think he's going to bet more to try to make that back and that's oh, going to yeah. benefit oh, you? Oh, oh, I had that also. I had Are guys you... that I went the entire season with. Oh, you did? Okay. All right. So I, had said guys, I had guys in Florida calling me, Connecticut. I had guys in Jersey. Mm-hmm. and uh, I had guys from all over. Right. And there were, there were many guys that, that used to straighten out that I knew for many years and played with me for many years. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the season, you know, we're gentlemen and we just pay you off. Right. But it never got ugly. You never, never had to use brass knuckles or anything like that? Send any? Uh, no, not at all. Wow. Not at all. Wow. Not at all. I mean, my, my, one of my scariest um, things would be is if, you know, a uh, regular Joe that works every day goes and hits you a couple of weeks in a row, wins some big money, you got to hope that this guy doesn't run to AC. Right, Atlantic City. Right. Runs and buys a car or does something stupid. <laughs> right. I you, mean, I, you want him to put it right back. Right, exactly. I, I, not that I want him to. There's no two ways about it. He's going to. He's doing it, right. He's going to. It's going to come back to me. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I have... Uh, I have one one story. One of my favorite stories with with the, this was uh, where I worked in downtown Brooklyn. There was a father and son luncheonette, mm-hmm. and the son would sell my football sheets for me. Right, the parlor you know, cards. And a security yeah. kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, every week, and he get twenty five, thirty percent every week. Mm-hmm. And um, he did well. You know, he committed himself a couple hundred bucks a week doing these sheets. And at the end of the football season, he comes over to me and he says, Vinny, he says, can I bet basketball with you? So I says, listen, John, I says, uh, you know, take it easy. I don't want you to get, no, no, he says, I like basketball. He says, I know a lot about basketball. And this kid had two college notebooks mm-hmm. filled with basketball statistics. Yeah. And the basketball season started the first week he called me, hit me for about $1,000. Mm-hmm. Friday went in, I paid him. Next week, hit me for another 800000 No problem, went over, paid him. Third week, the same thing, hit me again. Went over, and at this point, they go in the store. I see a new ceiling going up. I see a new floor going in. Uh-oh. I see new tables. Exactly. But, you know, I paid the kid. Finally, after the third week, bang, I, I grabbed the kid for 3500 Mm-hmm. So Friday comes along, he comes into my building where I work, hands me an envelope, he's here. So I grab the envelope, I look at it, I says, John, I, says, I don't want a letter, I want my money. Mm-hmm. So he says to me, how do you know there's not money in there? I says, because it's not $3,500 in here. Right. I said, I said, it's too thin, kid goes running out. Monday comes along, I go into the luncheonette, and him and his father's in there, and his father comes over to me, he says, um... He says, come in on Friday. My wife is going to take care of you. So I look at him. I says, Pop, says, you know, I'm only getting back what I gave this kid. Right. I says, what he did with it, I don't care. I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. I says, but I paid him. So Friday comes along, and I go in there and go in the back, and his mother pays me off the $3,500. i am walking out of the store. Father comes over to me. He says, can I tell you something? I says, yeah, Pop. What do you want to tell me? He says, you're lucky. I says, I'm lucky? He says, tell me why I'm lucky. He says, if I had 20 grand to back my son up, he would have buried you. <laughs> so I looked at him. I says, Pop, you're the lucky one. Right. I says, if you had 20 grand to back your son up, 
I said, you would be giving me 35 grand right now. <laughs> I said, look out that door. I said, you see that piece of shit Pontiac? That's yours. I said, you see the brand new Cadillac behind it? That's mine. <laughs> and you have a good day, and I walked out of the store. That was it, huh? <laughs> that was it. Wow. That was it. That's a great story. I, I, th I thought it was going to be a little um, more salacious when you went in the back room and mom was going to pay you. I didn't know how that nah. was going to end up. Okay. <laughs> but let me ask, there must have been some, what, would the, what was the worst hit you ever took? I'm going to guess, like, uh, from the timeline, it was either one of those giant Super Bowl wins. They were underdogs versus the Bills, then years later versus the Patriots twice. Did, did, uh, when, when, uh, when you're from a, when, when you're in Brooklyn and everyone's betting, you know, you're not getting a lot of Patriot bets, right, in that game? Yeah, but, you know, I had such a large, so many people, Sal. I had... At the point I had about, I had about 110 people calling me. Wow! At one point, mm -hmm. I mean, the scariest thing that ever happened was the 2001 Giants Ravens Super Bowl. Right, that was almost like a pick 'em, right? Or it was a two point spread exactly. or something? Exactly. Yeah. But my partner that day, we had we had about forty seven thousand dollars in Giants money mm -hmm. and five hundred and fifty dollars in Raven money. Right. And uh, my partner had said to me, uh, Nick says to me, Zags, they got rid of, they got rid of about thirty percent of it. Mm -hmm. I said, all right, you know, not bad. Then later on, almost halfway through the game, he comes over to me, Vinny. He says, I held all the giant money. Oh, I said, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> I says, you held forty-seven thousand dollars in giant money. I don't worry, we could cover it. Right. Sure enough, that was about one of the best days we had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Well, uh, they, I mean, they, I think they were getting killed at halftime, though, right? Well, if, yeah. What, what yeah. a very honest yeah. thing for him to say to you. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, he was a good kid. He was, yeah. like I said, we were we were the perfect team. I didn't know shit about sports, Sal, mm -hmm. and he knew everything about it. So we were the perfect we were the perfect match. You told me that you never watched the game, so that I, I would say that definitely added no. ten years to your career and maybe even your life, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to cook. Mm -hmm. I used to cook. My partner, like I said, was younger than me, and I sponsored a, a football league for them in Brooklyn in the Diker Heights area, and they used to play football every Sunday. And after the football game, he would come back to the, you know, my place, and about six, seven of his buddies would go in the room, watch football, mm -hmm. and I would start uh, cooking. And then I'd walk back and forth. I'd had the pager in my office, and I would look at the pager, and, you know, I'd walk back and forth, and I would pass these guys. And Nick would, uh, you know, start laughing at me. He'd say, Vinny, name somebody on the Jets. Name somebody on New England. Name somebody this. How many yards for this? And they'd all, they, they all start laughing at me. And so one day I looked at seven guys sitting in my living room, and I said to them, I said, hey, Nick. Name one guy in this room that never owed me money. <laughs> Shut them all up. Couldn't do it, right? <laughs> Couldn't do it. Name one guy that never paid me in this room. Right. So his Nick is his friend says he's got you there. I love it. I love it. Let me ask you this, uh, and it's been going back and forth. It seems like a lot of the other leagues are okay with it. The NFL, not so much because this commissioner, Goodell, is such a hard ass. Are you for the legalization of gambling? Uh, not, well, I, I am in a way, and in another way, I'm 
not because there's an awful lot of money bet on this. I mean, you're talking, you're talking big taxes, mm-hmm. and you know, um, I, I I really have mixed feelings on that. Okay. I really do. I don't think I think it's going to be a long time before it ever does get legalized. Right. Right, you I really do. I mean, uh, you think the ten percent vig is is enough? Uh, you you don't think that getting taxed uh, any more than that is uh, is going to be yeah, profitable for no, anybody? I don't. No, I don't think so. Interesting. Yeah, because they'll have so. to make that up uh, some other way. Well, this has been great. Exactly. Let me just ask you, Vinny, what advice could you give to gamblers out there? What are some pitfalls they could avoid? What or just in general, what would you say to gamblers? Out there, we're midway through the football season. What can you tell them? Um, just bet with your head. Don't don't bury yourself. I mean, I've seen many people bury themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, my advice to uh, other bookmakers is: uh, when a player says to you, "Oh, I'm stopping. I'm not betting anymore until I pay you off," that's bullshit. You're going someplace else looking to get get money to pay you. Right. All right. So, uh, but really, to the gambler, you know, just bet with your head. Right. You know, every because it's uh, it's a rush. It's you know, people are going to always gamble. Right. You were really you're really saying don't gamble. It's not. It doesn't pay. Basically. Right. Right. I have not seen. I have. Ne- I have never. I mean, I've seen businesses go under. Mm-hmm. I've seen marriages break up. I've seen a lot of, you know, yeah, a lot of stuff go on. A lot of shit go down with gamblers, and it, it's sad. It really is sad because I'm not that type of a guy. Right. What a gentleman! You really are a gentleman. I, the, the, you know, that's what I am. Yeah. I had. I you know I come from Borough Park in Brooklyn, and Borough Park is a big Hasidic community. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hasidic Jews love to gamble also. Really? Hmm. Oh, yeah. I had one young guy. He had a couple of kids, and he worked, worked in the neighborhood in an electronics store. Mm-hmm. And this guy, uh, you know, every week would bet, would bet with any lose. Lose every week, lose every week. And then, um, you know, we moved out to Jersey. And right. he says, I'm still going to call you. I says, all right. I says, you know, just, you know, take it easy. You got kids. You got this. And he started betting, and uh, he would send me every month. I'd find a check or a mom, usually a money order in the mailbox, $1,000, $800, mm-hmm. $1,200 every month. And it got to a point where he owed me about $11,000. Mm-hmm. And the kid that I had working for me, another guy working for me, which used to write my work, he said to me, Vinny, why are you letting this guy bet? I said, why am I letting him bet? I says, if I chase this guy, you think I'm ever going to see any of this money? Right. He says, probably not. I says, well, you know what? As long as he's betting, I'm finding the money order in my mailbox every month. Mm-hmm. I says, and sure enough, it went on for about two years. Beat the guy for thousands and thousands of dollars and just never heard from him again. Wow. Yeah. You know, you have to be everything. You have to be a. You have to be a psychologist. You have to be an, enfor- right. an enforcer. You have to be a good guy. You have to be everything. You have to have a, a head for for numbers. Everything. It really is something. And tell me, Vinny, this, this Hasidic Jewish fellow. Tell me, what was his last name? 
You know what? I Goldberg probably. I don't even remember. <laughs> I thought we weren't going to use last name. Okay, all right. Well, I don't want to listen. You know how many Goldbergs there are? Okay, out there? good. Yeah, there's one uh, monstrous oh. one that used to wrestle. I hope it's oh. not that guy. All right. Yeah, but who, who the hell knows? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, that's great, Vinny. Thank you. It was yeah. Thank you for coming on. This has been uh, this has been very special for me. I had a great time, and uh, it was great talking to you. And uh, next time we're in Brooklyn, we'll we'll grab a steak together. You got it. We got to swear. I used to take all my plays every Christmas. We went to Peter Lugas. Oh, that's the best. All right. That's it. Took the upstairs room and filled it up with all my plays and treated them to a Peter Lugas <laughs> dinner. That's you see you don't you don't get that from the online uh, sports betting uh, services. No, That's no, good. you don't get that at all. You don't get that at all. <laughs> all right, I think I'm spending Christmas with uh, Vinny, the gentleman bookie. I listen, appreciate it, Vinny. <laughs> You're always welcome. Thank you for coming on, pal. All right. Well, that was fun. That'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. If you think you're eligible for our Degenerate Gamblers Hall of Fame, or if you just want to shoot us an email, do so. Cousin Sal Against All Odds at gmail.com. Watch Jimmy Kimmel Live 1135 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that for the Degenerate Trifecta and Vinny, the gentleman bookie from Brooklyn. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Na, na, na.